Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In today's episode, I'll share about the hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful, and talk with music ministry participant Becky Griffith. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. Written by a Roman Catholic, completely in Latin, O Come All Ye Faithful has certainly become a Christmas favorite in Catholic and Protestant churches alike. Written in the mid-18th century, the writer of both the text and tune was unknown, but more recent researchers attribute both text and tune to John Francis Wade. John Francis Wade was a Roman Catholic in England who then moved to France because of discrimination that he and other Roman Catholics were facing in England at the time. He taught music at an English school in Douai, France. There are a few different translations of the Latin into English, but the one that we most commonly sing was translated by Frederick Oakley, who was involved in leadership in the Church of England, then converted to Roman Catholicism himself. An interesting note about stanza two of O Come All Ye Faithful, most of that stanza is quoted directly from the Nicene Creed which reads in part, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Our church's previous hymnal, the Baptist hymnal published in 1991, omitted that stanza, as did other hymnals, but the Celebrating Grace hymnal that our church uses now reintroduced that stanza. Part of what makes the tune so effective and memorable is the refrain, that crescendos as voices are added and the pitches move higher as we sing, O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. I remember my high school Latin class just before winter break, caroling through the halls of the school, and O come all ye faithful, or Adeste Fideles, was definitely one of the carols that we sang in the halls of the school. Today's episode concludes with the singing of O Come All Ye Faithful by the Congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church with our orchestra and Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of the podcast, feel free to contact me at marty at vhbc.com. I have said uh, what a blessing these podcast conversations have been to me personally, and I continue to hear from folks uh, who have said what a, a pleasure they've been to listen to. And so I'm really glad to be joined today by Becky Griffith. Welcome, Becky. Thank you, Marty. I'm glad to be here. And I, too, have loved these podcasts. I've really been able to find out a lot of things about folks I didn't know after having thought, I knew them really well. So it's been a, been a real pleasure. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, uh, I've, I've been at VHBC now two and a half years. So in some ways, I'm still learning about folks. But, um, you know, to hear from people who've been at our church for many, many years still say that they 
learn something new about folks they've known for a long time. I'm really glad that uh, that's been the case. Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, this, this will be a long list, I have no doubt, but Becky, will you tell us what you're involved with at VHBC, um, music-wise and, and uh, other areas as well? Um, first, I want to say I love the uh, Vestavia Hills Baptist Church, like most of our congregation does. Uh, but I've been a member there for 26, going on 27 years now. And it's offered me a way, first of all, to grow in my relationship with God, and then also provided me lots of opportunities for service at the church. So one of the things that I have loved a lot was serving as a deacon in the church. I have served, uh, I believe it's six, three-year terms uh, as deacon. Uh, So that has been a great a great thrill for me and, and and served to be lots of joy for me. I have to, I have to say the Watt, the Watts family was um, honored to be one of your Deacon families and our, as we first arrived at VHBC and I, I appreciate your service so much as a Deacon, uh, particularly to our family. Well, thank you. I love doing it for you and especially uh, for Duncan and uh, the <laughs> chocolate candy that he and I had a great a great relationship with. It was a lot of fun. Yes. yes. Um, Also, serving in the choir has been a a great joy for me, Uh, a wonderful outlet for for music for me because of other circumstances where I haven't been able to do a lot of music. The choir at the church uh, has been a wonderful outlet. And um, then after After my husband died in 1994, uh, Laura Norris invited me to join her class for a Christmas party. And after that Christmas party, I joined the friendship class. And in 1995, I started teaching that class of wonderful women. And I've been teaching ever since. And I just have to honestly tell you that I've learned more about the Bible in teaching that class than I ever could have done by myself because it takes a lot of study to teach those women who are all Bible scholars themselves. So that has been a real blessing for me. Now you wanted to know a little bit about my background in music, is that correct? Well, I would love to hear that. Yeah. All right. That's one of the long stories. I'll try to be as brief (laughs) as I possibly can. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'd like to say that my parents were really responsible for getting me pointed in the direction of music. They both loved it. Neither one of them played or sang, but they both were interested in their middle daughter learning how to do some sort of music. And so the Rahama Baptist Church was our home church. That's the oldest Baptist church in Alabama. And it had all kinds of wonderful music programs for its children and youth. And the lady who was the director 
of all the music in that church, there was no minister of music in those days, was Ida Truss. And she also was a wonderful piano instructor. And so I took my first piano lessons from Ida Truss. And then also in the city of Birmingham in those days, the 1940s and 50s, there was a wonderful string program in the elementary school. And so early on, I joined in that group and surprise, surprise, I learned how to play the cello. <laughs> I thought you might find that laughable. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, that uh, interest in that, that string instrument, though, carried on through the youth orchestra in Birmingham and in the high school orchestra and on into college. So um, it, it had an influence on me for sure, not only the stringed instrument, but certainly the piano. And that led to me going to the University of Alabama and getting a degree in music education. I wanted to work with kids and uh, particularly in choral programs. And so I got my undergraduate degree there. And then in, uh, while I was teaching school, in 1977, I got a Master of Music Education from Samford University. And so that's, that's my background in, in music. Well, I, I know that there are others in our church who had uh, connections with Ruhema Baptist Church as well. Yes. Uh, quite a number of folks have heard stories um, of folks with that connection. And, um, you know, I... Like like them, you had uh, that those roots uh, at that yeah. church and in that church's music yeah. program that uh, that led you to where you you have had been in as in adulthood. Yes, and it has been um, my fond desire for our church to continue programs like that, and we have. Uh, we are very fortunate to have a wonderful music ministry among the children and youth in our church. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, I applaud you and I um, urge you to continue all the excellence in the future. It has been a wonderful blessing. Well, I um, am privileged to be a part of a long line of ministers of music here who have um, done so much to, to put us, uh, set that trajectory for our church. Right. So. I'm grateful for that. Now, tell us about your, your teaching career. All right. Well, I taught um, school for um, 18 years and mostly in junior high school, 11 of those years right here at Pazitz Middle School in Vestavia, where we had not just a choral music program, there was a band as well, but Every student in that school came through my class and it, I had a team teacher with me and we taught the mechanics of music. The children learned about um, the master composers. We had a handbell group. Um, so it was a real washing of music through that school and um, it was a privilege to work in the Vestavia school system because they 
highlighted the, uh, the need for the arts in public school. And for that, I'm very grateful uh, for working with that particular system. Um, circumstances in my life uh, and needs that I had for extra income, I also uh, took on a part-time job, uh, if you can believe, selling intimate apparel and teaching customer service at a fashion merchandiser here in Birmingham known as Parisian. A lot of our folks know about Parisian. It's not around anymore, but it was a wonderful company to work for. And during the summer of uh, 1980, they offered me a full-time job with more income and benefits than I could get as a teacher at that time. I needed to support two children. And so with um, much prayer and deliberation, I left my music education job and went as a career in fashion merchandising in the personnel department, teaching managers and uh, a customer service and opening new stores. When I started with the company, we had eight stores. And when I left the company in 1995, I had helped to open 41 stores. And so mm -hmm. it was uh, another 18 years of another kind of, co of career uh, divorced from music. And the only mm -hmm. outlet I had for music was in the church choir. And so that has, you know, been a, a real connection for me with, with staying mm -hmm. with music. And so uh, I, I left that career in 1995 and started a floral business in 2001, which you know about. So most of my, my folks at, at the church know about that as well. I have to say, people who uh, reminisce about Parisian always talk about the customer service. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I did not know that the connection that you had with that. But uh, folks remember fondly that the shopping experience there yeah. with uh, being tended to and cared for well. That makes me a little sad now when I go places where I know what customer service can be. And sometimes it's so lacking so uh, it's a little bit of a sadness for me in that regard. But one thing I wanted to real quickly tell you about that floral business, the name of mm -hmm. it was Quod Libet. And you know, you know, maybe your, um, our listeners don't know that Quod Libet kept me again tied to music because it is a term in music that means whatever pleases you. And so that was always my desire in my business. Yeah. I, I have um, one of my uh, previous podcast conversations. I, I talked with, it was, it was Bill Bug mm -hmm. and talked with him about his work um, with uh, visual arts. Yes. Comparing that to his work with, in musical arts. Yes. Uh, and he had he had a, a a really interesting perspective on that. I'm curious if you have how you think about your work in floral art uh, versus the musical arts. How they might be the same or or different? Oh, I just think they're closely connected together. 
um, um, I'm a real visual person and I also uh, uh, love audio parts of, of that as well. But uh, yes, I think they are definitely, definitely connected because they're both artistic in their own right. And so it, I believe that the visual arts help me interpret the music and vice versa and uh, get to give it its meaning as well. Uh, that, yes, I, I think, um, you know, beauty in whatever form yeah. uh, we can find it is uh, such a um, important human connection uh, and, a, and, a, and a divine connection as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Well, and I, you know, I've said before, but your work with our uh, flower group here at the church, um, though you're retired from mm -hmm. the being the chair, um, your work continues with them and uh, week in and week out providing uh, a, a beautiful aesthetic for our worship together uh, has been been such a such an important part of our experience. Thank you. That's one of our missions was to enhance the worship of the congregation. And hopefully that helps in that regard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I. Um, a church that I worked with previously had written in its bylaws that there would not be uh, artificial flowers on the communion table or the Lord's Supper table. It was it was in writing in the bylaws that that was that was to be followed. Oh, yeah. um, uh, so, I, you know, I think and in the bylaws there, it said something about the, the, the living um the, the, the life in real flowers uh, should represent the life that we have uh, in Christ and um, brought special, a deeper meaning to that, not, not simply a surface beauty, but a deeper meaning of, of life and who gives us life. Absolutely. God's creation, so important to us mm -hmm. all in so mm -hmm. many ways, and especially through our church worship. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier your um, your responsibility for children and uh, raising them. Tell us about your family. Oh, I could go on and on and on about my family. <laughs> One of the joys of my life are, is my family. I have two wonderful daughters. Robin, who is my eldest, lives in Kentucky, is married to a great man named Steve, and they, they are parents of my wonderful granddaughters, Allison and Sarah. And my youngest daughter, Lois, is a single career woman. She lives in Atlanta and um, she is vitally uh, involved in her business, but also in our family. And so um, we have a great liking for each other as well as our love for each other. And I have one great granddaughter and the anticipation of another in the spring. So oh, we're, we're a great uh, close family and love each other dearly. And so we like to spend a lot of time with each other when we can. We're all in different mm. areas of the country. And so that sometimes, particularly in the pandemic, has been difficult. But we, yeah. Yes. So we look forward to the time when we can do more getting together. Yeah. Well, I know uh, other folks who have family scattered uh, 
especially during the pandemic when we're not um, advised to meet in person, have have been able to use technology to stay connected. And I'm sure your family has as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We plan on getting together uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, though, uh, um, in a home that Robin has rented for us uh, in December. So we at least get together for the Christmas season. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, well, I have um, each each week asked the same question, and I know you know what's coming, <laughs> but uh, based on the Bible verse, John 10, 10, the second half, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so, Becky, I'll ask you, what's bringing you life? First, let me say that one of my favorite hymns is For the Beauty of the Earth. And knowing my background, you can probably guess that that would have been one of my favorites. But one of the things I love to do in these later years of life is continuing senior education. And so for the past few years, I have been taking part in a program called Road Scholar, R-O-A-D Scholar, And so traveling to the different locations, particularly in the United States, it is also an international program where seniors gather together and learn about the area, about its people, about its customs. And particularly, I have loved the national parks. And speaking of God's creation, we, we are just have limitless opportunities to love what God has created for us. And I have a deep desire for us environmentally to protect it. And so I've done a lot of study of that and been involved in some of the organizations that are environmentally interested in, in pertain, uh, maintaining our national parks. Don't they say uh, the national parks are uh, America's best idea? Is that the the, yeah, the tagline or something like that? Yeah. Absolutely, the best yeah. idea. And, and here's the deal: we own the national parks; they are our possessions, so we must take care of them. But it has been a wonderful way to. Uh, to see God's creation all over the United States. And I have really enjoyed that learning experience uh, the last few years. Actually, I've been on 41 of those Rhodes Scholar experiences. And some of them, wow. some of them with uh, church folks. In fact, the mm-hmm. first ones that I went on were with seven of our church members together in a van going to these different road scholar uh, experiences. Yeah. Very neat. Very neat. 41. Wow. I'm sure those have been uh, put on pause. uh, Oh, yes. yes. Lately, they've been really paused uh, for sure. Yeah. uh, That's great. And, um, you know, we're, we are stewards of God's creation and, um, the, the national parks are a way to help preserve some of that natural beauty, but it, you're right. It does rely on us. Uh, we, we are caretakers. for Well them. said, 
Well said, Marty. And I encourage you and your family to take part in that wonderful opportunity yourselves when you are not yes. full-time working. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, Becky, we, before we, we got on our, our conversation, um, you said that you had many, many years of stories to tell um, and you would do your best to condense it down. Well, I, this has been a, a wonderful conversation and I just appreciate you sharing so much with, uh, with us today, what you, a little bit of your life story. And um, I, I know that you have many, many more things that you could share and maybe we'll, we'll do a part two sometime. Thank you. It's been my, my pleasure <laughs> being with you and I've enjoyed it so much. Thanks for taking the time today to talk with me. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Today's episode concludes with the singing of O Come All Ye Faithful 